It's something I, I I don't have a cinema wins mentality, but if if the general populace is like shitting on something or something is considered to be generally bad, I am the sort of guy that will be like, no, but like, let me, I can find the good in this. Yeah. Um, and there's only times where I fail that I'm like, no, you're all absolutely right. This is, <laughs> this is a complete piece of crap. Uh, but I, I love to be the like, no, this movie's under misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, sometimes, sometimes I simply uh, cannot do that. Um, it's a, I actually I had I had um, a, a riff for how I was going to open uh, this little talk. Are you are you ready for it? Yes, please. A riff away. <clears throat> the first cut is the deepest, baby. I know. The first cut is the <laughs> deepest. Uh, except the opposite will likely be true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's actually the horrible darkness of our timeline. Is that the Snyder Cut will in fact be deeper thematically and narratively than the first cut? Un- unquestionably. It will be, uh, but uh, we 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 nascently get ahead of ourselves. Uh, what's up, sports fans? Welcome to the pregame show, the Snyder Cut pregame show. Um, if I've done you my better job, tap that keg and down your shots because we're pre 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 gaming. We're pre 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 gaming. You don't want to spend a thousand dollars at the bar. You want to spend two hundred dollars at the bar. Get those shots of Malibu out now, fam, because we're doing the Snyder Cut. You better get wet before you come, because we're pre, 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 pre. Oh, I'm gonna pre. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, if if I if I've done my job correctly, uh, this file will be uploading on March seventeenth, the eve of the Snyder Cut. Snyder uh, Cut Eve. <laughs> yes, all you boys and ghouls, <laughs> welcome to Snyder Cut's Eve, um, where uh, this is the last possible moment in a pre-Snyder Cut world after <laughs> three. <laughs> Three-ish years of this dominating every online space and some real-world spaces. It's it's finally time for uh, it to come out. I hesitate to say that we will be done because I, I, I fear the worst. I fear we will not be done even after it has come out. So I saw a headline on one of the 200 pop culture... Uh, Website, blog, magazines across the Nerd internet. hole. Geek Nerd, den. Uh, yeah. Dork Nerd space. Uh, <laughs> geek pit. Absolutely. Um, that, sta- that had the headline, The director of WandaVision, Episode 9, is worried that fans will be disappointed by the ending because it does not live up to their theories. Indeed. Uh, and, and I, you know, I'm going to try and couch a lot of personal opinion here just because I want this episode to be about one hour long. Listener, mm-hmm. you know whether or not we have succeeded in this task. Um, but <laughs> it, fandom, it's been coming for a long time, but I've a think, I think they've officially adopted a I demand to speak to the manager <laughs> mentality regarding their pop culture. It is a the customer is always right mentality regarding pop culture which is 
I will say, perhaps the least effective way to engage with art. <laughs> I, I, I can hate, hasten to think of any, a worse way to engage with media than whatever I think going in is correct. <laughs> I think you know it is I mean? the, I think it is the ultimate endpoint of converting art into content. Indeed. Because it I has always been commerce. Because, yes. Yes. But it is now content. Yes. It, like comics, once a deeply, not exactly countercultural, but definitely subcultural prospect Absolutely. has become, has now fully dominated the culture. And now geeks and nerds and dorks and the rest of their foul ilk have become truly Karens. They are the scolding <laughs> school moms. <laughs> who are viscerally upset that either Superman is killing too many people or not enough. Or too few. <laughs> More killing. Batman doesn't throw enough people off roofs or he needs to uh, tell the Joker to uh, do some mental health, mental health self-care. Why don't he? Uh, Batman uh, can only ever truly defeat the Joker by taking him to therapy. It's right. about time, <laughs> it's about time uh, Batman helped out his fellow king and, and, and sat by his king and, and, and made sure he got to therapy and got the help that he needed. <laughs> Uh, will only ever be uh, because, as you all know, we live in a society, and uh, it's it's important uh, that we take care of our our fellow kings. But Justin, uh, we uh, are off to a bad start. We're seven minutes into pressing record, and I have not even started the stopwatch here. Uh, so, so what uh, we're gonna try to do here is this: the pregame yes. show. So, gonna keep most of the i mean i'm sure we're gonna express a lot of our personal opinions but gonna try and keep this just getting everyone up to speed with with uh this world and offering a an insight into what's happening and then we after the darn thing is out and we can talk about it uh i'm sure nine hours of podcast will unfold from that um <laughs> Because it is four hours of movie, and you you multiply right, by no, about no. one point five times. Yeah. What's going to happen is we're going to uh, cut uh, two thousand years in the future when uh, wasteland raiders open up an apartment in New York and find the mummified corpse of Kevin uh, dying editing the episode. <laughs> I'll never be done. Uh, yeah, what's what's going to happen, actually, is that um, we are going to finish our podcast, but uh, then the studio is going to insert another pair of podcasters to make a different version of the podcast, at which point the fans will be so mad that our podcast was taken away from us that, right. uh, that, that we will get a chance to make our true twice-as-long podcast. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. What's going to happen is we're going to get... All of, we're, we're going to give you the product you expect. Not what you wanted, actually, yes. in your heart, but what else would have they, would have we provided? What you, you should have expected unquote, what we provide, and you promised. don't get to be mad at what we give you anymore. Because we gave you what you wanted! Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, cannot wait, uh, for, uh, 
tens of thousands of nerds worldwide to realize that this will not fix the void in their soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to try and talk, we're going to talk Zach and I'm going to start it. I'm going to start the timer and we're going to have 30 minutes to, to, to talk about Zach. I don't think we'll need it for Zach. I think, I think a lot of what we're trying to do, uh, will, will end up being, uh, the, the prelogue to exactly how we got to where we're about to be. Uh, are you ready, Justin? Yes, I am. Okay. The clock starts. So, Ziggity Zack Snyder, the, the, the man whose name adorns, uh, the cut, uh, the official title, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, so Zack comes out of the commercial milieu, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, now, yeah, he did the, uh, he did the commercial where the Budweiser <laughs> horses go from St. Louis to New York to bow to where the Twin Towers once stood. Absolutely, because even horses love and respect the troops, and they know what happened on that crisp September morn, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and even horses will bow down in fealty. Um, Dare I say yes. they used their horse sense. <laughs> indeed uh streaming now on disney plus horse sense um so yes uh now n- justin describe briefly your history with zach attack snyder um my i saw well i went to, um in the weird private school i went to i took latin we had to take a language course mm-hmm. and i took latin because I didn't want to actually learn a language I, I would have to speak. And I was always more interested in ancient history than contemporary language. And in the year I started this private school, 300 came out. Indeed. And absolutely every member of the classics department that I studied under, who taught both Latin and Greek, hated the shit out of this movie. Mm-hmm. And would stop class to just rant about it and what they got wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. Which I think says a lot about the school I went to. Sure. Uh, um, when, when a movie is obviously purporting historical realism, like, like 300. Right. Um, yes, right. It's a, it's... Like, uh, trust me, I know that, in fact, the Persians did not ride rhinoceroses. Oh, interesting. Against against the spartans or had blade-handed penguin men you don't think so i don't think so okay they had an Uh, orc deficit dare i say yeah i would (laughs) you know uh i believe that uh xerxes was an average sized man not in fact an eight foot behemoth uh and and, and not in fact an eight foot gay king that we now stand I afraid I must stand King Xerxes, um, the big gay king, um, and and I uh, respect everything he was trying to do. Taken in the disenfranchised, taken taken in mm-hmm. people that were not like the big gay King Xerxes, um, and I and I simply must respect that. Uh, my first Zach was also three hundred, because mm-hmm. um, I mean uh, that movie came out in two thousand six, so I was thirteen years old the exact <laughs> right age and time <laughs> i was i was 13 years old in mm-hmm. a small missouri town i was Ooh. the target audience <laughs> for 300 uh, i mean you because... might as well have a u.s army recruiter show you that movie 
Exactly. Uh, it is it is a work of nationalism, and it actually doesn't matter that it's about Greek nationalism because it's it, it's, no, it's, it's no, Murica. not Greek nationalism even because Greece didn't exist at that time. Sure, there were Spartan Spartans nationalism who hated the shit out of all the other Greeks mm-hmm. who fought the Persians and then would later join them. Because the per because they hated the other Greeks so much, they'd rather join their their former enemy to beat the shit out of some Athenians. And honestly, I respect that level of pettiness from the Spartans. Of course. Um, and but yes, it's 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 a it's a it's an overt work, perhaps the most successful bit of American nationalist troop propaganda, even mm. though it's about ancient Spartans. You know what I mean? It, um, well, it really is the. I, it really is the most Iraq War movie, like, of that era ever produced. It's even colored, like, the the standard Iraq War with the yellows and the etc. Well, that's, well, I'd actually argue that was not intentional because, that well, that came from a different perspective because they were trying to match the bronze sky and wine dark sea aesthetic of ancient Greek myth and epic. Sure. That they described because some historians speculate that the Greeks didn't know what the color blue was. Indeed, uh, which is why they described the wine dark sea, uh, right. because they did not have blue and could not understand blue. Uh, so that's a little fun uh, uh, history tidbit uh, that is debated, but an interesting thought experiment. All yes, the same. A, a thought experiment we are not uh, the ones to make. However... Nevertheless, the desert aesthetic, I think, came... Really, I feel like it was the Hurt Locker that really popularized it, or at least lent it the prestige. Sure. It needed to produce works like Zero Dark Thirty. Indeed, even though those movies are by the same uh, woman. Uh, Right. But yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, which was a harrowing movie to see as a teen... Because my, like, super... Because I came out of that movie seeing it with my parents. And my super, like, liberal... I got my politics from my dad, who was super-duper liberal. And even he came out of Zero Dark Thirty saying, You know, maybe we did need to to, uh, aggressively interrogate. Maybe we did need... A motherfucker to get bin laden you know maybe we needed uh chris pratt to lock men in hot boxes yeah the the beginning of pratt's big career pivot mm-hmm. uh which, which is a okay, podcast uh, also itself. uh tm also uh tm highlight uh asterisk my father does not condone torture Oh, that's good. <laughs> He's a good man <laughs> who does not yes. condone it it was i am it's speaking to the effect of the film the influence of said what is clearly propaganda sure uh yes and that's and that's all worth uh talking about um uh, but but back to zack attack specifically but you're right that it is um it and it heralded in like this new style it felt like a a real like style reset um Mm -hmm. in a in a lot of ways um and you know the the speed ramping, as they say, where it goes real slow and then it goes real fast. Um, it was a it yeah. was a, a a a big cultural moment. Just blew up 
um, it was it was seen the world over a huge smash hit uh, success. Yeah. Now, previous to that, Zack had done what I still think is his best movie, uh, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, which is a good, enjoyable little zombie flick. Um, you know, it has this, like, Zack aesthetic where, like, the zombies can't be slow, they must be fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was popularized at the time, right? Because 28 Days Later starts that previous to, to 2004, I believe. Well, like, um, also, zomb- there is absolutely nothing to necessitate that zombies are slow. No. Necessarily. Sure. Um it's a point of contention, but unnecessarily so. Sometimes right, they can be fast, yes. and sometimes they can be slow, and that's okay. <laughs> Both yes. worlds can exist uh, simultaneously. Whatever um, and makes are... for the more interesting movie. Exactly. Whatever fits the tone, and I think fast zombies work for that movie. Like, that movie is such a, like, radical energy piece uh, with uh, elements of xenophobia that have not aged well at all. Uh, I... But... Yes. However, but I would it, say the strength of that Dawn of the Dead, I would say, comes more from James Gunn's script. Strong script by Mr. James Gunn. Uh, yes, we, we stand a Missourian king. Uh, That's dare right, I say, yeah. the king of Missouri, James Gunn. A hometown hero, uh, James Gunn, uh, who just decides to set all of his movies in Missouri, even though I don't think any of them have ever filmed there. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, King James, uh, good script and like a good cast of character actors. You have Ty Burrell, you have Ving Rhames, uh, you have a guy who looks like Elias Cotius, but I don't think is, you have a lot of people that look like people in that movie. Mm-hmm. Cause there's yeah. the girl that looks like Anna Ferris. There's the guy that looks like Tim Roth, but it's not any of them. Um, but it does like a good spirited, like, uh, there's some good jokes, there's some good, like, set-up payoff, there's some subtly, like, interesting kind of character work in there for, like, a cheesy 2004 zombie movie. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a good time and still, I think, his best work. Um, however, yes, however, I would say that what makes it his best work is the fact that he kept James Gunn's humor from the original script. Right. Because, uh, my god, in any of his future movies, the Humans. man cannot land a comedic beat to save his life. Yes, it is complete moroseness. Um, and, and when there are jokes, they seem so wildly out of place and ill-considered in in, his, in the man's future works. Because um, out of... And keep me abreast if I'm missing something here, because I don't have the IMDb open. Because he uses the success of 300 to jump immediately to Watchmen, another, like, big graphic novel adaptation, which I haven't seen since the theater in 08 or 09, uh, but I remember absolutely hating. I remember just like, truly so not am, enjoying. So I will say that I, that my relationship to comic books, I would say is more closely related to Zack Snyder's than yours. Um, That's probably true. Um, I, the only ever like pull I ever had was getting Archie Sonic comics in the mail. Well, that's probably not what Zack did. No, but... no, no, no. But <laughs> Zack came really from heavy metal. Uh-huh. And the artistic Euro comic scene, which 
I came to later, but I would argue is superior to the American product in in at least in certain respects. Um, at least, especially in terms of sex and violence, but also mm-hmm. I, it definitely dealt with darker and more intense stories than the American product. Mm-hmm. And then and then the British invasion happens, and then we get you know Warren Ellis and Garth Ennis and Alan Moore who tells this gripping story about a bunch of knockoffs of another comic property that shows that in fact comic that superheroes are terrible if they were real. Absolutely. And in fact uh, Alan Moore there's a recurring theme in Alan Moore's work of making the fantastic real is a terrible thing to happen. Indeed, it is the argument that that book makes. But unfortunately, everyone missed that lesson, right? And so then mm-hmm. we are beleaguered by people that misunderstood superheroes as real being bad, as superheroes as real being cool. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it, and it, it, it truly drowned us for many years yes. there. Uh, oh, yeah. And well, still to this yeah. day. Yes. It sets the precedent for um, for superheroes being cruel, but not being tragic. Interesting. Which I think is the primary difference. Superhero, where it's super, the Watchmen set the precedent for superheroes being vicious and mean and brutal and sadistic to, to people. But it never, but it all, but it also set the precedent for showing that these are sad, emotional, deeply emotionally complex figures. Uh-huh. That the majority of comic book producers in america case in point rob liefeld and todd mcfarland are not interested in indeed they're not interested in the emotional complexity that requires for a to actually explore why a man would put on a costume and punch people in the streets yes in in such a brutal way they are not interested in the actual interrogation of that idea exactly which is which is at the core of that particular work but most of the good alan moore and british invasion works is like an interrogation not just the inversion of superhero is violent now yeah superhero is sad all time uh mm-hmm. they 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 only took the surface level ideas yes and did not grasp what is just underneath exactly um, it's a reading to filth that only of America that only a British anarchist could do. Indeed. Uh, and we needed... no one stopped to think <laughs> why a British anarchist would come to those conclusions about America. Right. All we did then was take what he showed us and prove him absolutely correct. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> take take what he wanted to show us. And we go like, yeah, we do like that. And it's like, no, you missed, you missed the idea that we are then supposed to reform and, and move on. Uh, but Watchmen is, of course, still, I mean, one of the seminal works of the medium. Uh, your Everyone's own personal feelings aside, it is like still every year one of the top five, if not the number one, best-selling graphic novels every single mm-hmm. year. It just kills constantly. Uh, and uh, the the only other book that I think has managed to replicate that exact cycle and success is 
the killing joke. <laughs> another another bit of, of Alan Moore uh, superhero grimness. But also uh, one of the few works Alan Moore has gone onto the record regretting. Yeah, he wants to own the one where, like, the fish man has sex with the hot lady, but he's, like, actually killing joke, nah. Uh, well, it's, well, here's the thing. Alan Moore, Alan Moore does get a lot of flack for being overly grim, which he very often is. However, you know, he did, he, he is enamored. He's one of the, I'd argue, one of the few people in comics who still likes the Silver Age. Uh, no, I do know what you... He always is pulling from those inspirations, right? Even when he is uh, taking these entities and and turning them into something else, mm -hmm. still most of what he's pulling from is the classics of a media, right? League right. of Extraordinary Gentlemen is the classics of uh, Victorian adventure literature. And, mm -hmm. and Watchmen is the classics of Charlton comics. You know, it's always yes. pulling from those silver age roots as he then uh, turns them and manifests them and twists them. Uh, mm -hmm. and we can talk about how, uh, perhaps much of the DCEU <laughs> fails at exactly this idea. Yes. Uh, that that more pulled off again and again and again again my own feelings about the man and his work aside mm -hmm. it's undeniable what he's but what he's done the point i was trying to make is that he he is generally willing to at least explore the complexity of a character like he was the guy who wrote for the man who has everything which is about superman getting a chance to live the fantasy of being a typical man on krypton Mm -hmm. um, he was the guy who wanted to write, who, like, after the Silver Age clear, like, had explicitly ended with the Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm. Alan Moore wanted to, uh, came in to DC and said, hey, I still want to write an ending for this Silver Age still optimistic Superman who grapples against Mr. Mixiplik becoming unnecessarily cruel and monstrous mm -hmm. he like he clearly like, he does languish against the brutality of comics that's really started in the 90s absolutely it was it was an 80s idea yes. that then became the dominating idea of the mm -hmm. 90s right yes. uh and uh we can talk about the history of comic books all day uh but let's let's round out the zach conversation here mm -hmm. uh at about 19 minutes since i i hit the start button yes um so uh and uh after this point uh besides with with one exception uh the legends of the guardians the owls of gahul the noble <laughs> Owls of Gahul, Zack's filmography then becomes the DCEU. Man of Steel, Batman, Vooperman, Superman. There and... is one exception. Uh, okay, because I, I knew I was missing something. Because he, really, he, like, all of the, because he has a passion product. Every director has a passion product that he puts up with a bunch of franchise and, you know, work for hire deals to do. And Zack's dream project was Sucker Punch. Oh my god, I cannot believe I forgot about Which he did immediately punch. after Man of Steel. You are absolutely correct. I cannot believe, oh, you know... Scorsese has silence. His 
uh, epic drama about Catholic priests in China. You know? Uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick had his Napoleon film. Uh, Orson Welles had the other side of the wind. You know, these, these, these storied projects that directors spend their entire careers attempting to make and either get made or don't after a certain point. Um, and, uh, Zach's is sucker punch, uh, which which... is basically if Sailor Moon took place in an asylum where their lobotomies were, were depicted as rapes in a bordello. And also, said Sailor Moon characters also had machine guns and Mausers who fought robo-dragons and samurai. You want right. sense? Fuck you. <laughs> Enjoy the spectacle, pig. Sure, exactly. It's spectacle. It's, it's a director saying, these are images that are in my mind, and I am going to film them. Sense be darned rationality yes. be darned i simply must get this image out of my head i simply must get emily browning into a sailor moon schoolgirl outfit and and have her fight robots and you know what okay <laughs> you know what all right i've never there seen it there have been grosser auteur projects put to film i completely agree um and uh, not having seen Sucker Punch, earnestly not intending to. Uh, you don't but need it, to. Don't care to. Doesn't seem like my kind of thing. Uh, trash is okay. That just doesn't seem like my trash. If I want trash, I'll put on Barbarella. That's my trash. Um, you know, uh, Sucker Punch is not my trash. And that's okay. It's somebody else's trash, and that's fine. Uh, everyone has their own special trash that means something to them, you know? Well, the 70s did at least have a sense of sleaze that was at least nominally classy. It was an earnest, semi-classy sleaze. You know what I mean? Well, it, it, oh, actually, it was a translation of Euro comics. Barbarella was a comic figure, and again, like I said, co Euro comics tend to be more sexual, darker, and Barbarella is what, I don't know, hooked some coked-out producer. Absolutely. And you know what? God love him. God respect. Oh, God, I, God bless them and the orgasmo like piano. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, the the orgasm torture machine from Barbarella. Uh, God, everyone out there, go go check that one out. I think Please it's worth watch a watch. Barbarella. You will not be bored. You won't be bored. I honestly like. I really love the designs. I think they do a lot of shit that you're like. This was like 1969. How did they do this? Like, how, literally, how was this possible on a technological level? Um, and I, I, we simply must res respect our sexual queen, Barbarella. Um, well, we have to respect Jane Fonda knowing exactly what kind of movie she's in. She nails it. Uh, I'm actually doing a kind of Jane Fonda uh, film series, uh, of course, helped out by the Criterion Channel, mm -hmm. uh, which has a, a Jane Fonda series up through the end of March listeners get on it um and i'm i'm having a gay old time i think she is actually like a a really smart calibrated performer oh yeah um, jane fonda as a whole rules as a person 
rules. One um, of the most interesting people in the history of Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Hanoi, Jane, and all. <laughs> Second do, do, podcast doing in a row. Oscar acceptance speeches in sign language. Just we literally doing getting arrested like two years ago at climate protests with Ted Danson. We oh, have constantly. To stand a queen. I'm afraid. I try not to throw this word out. We we must stand. We simply must. Uh, but uh, all right. So uh, yes. that that um, is all. The also, Zach. folks, check out Grace and Frankie. It's Jane Fonda and uh, Lily, Lily Tomlin. Thompson just being a gay old time together. It's amazing. And, Please, and watch I love that. I have yet to check it out, but I I intend to. It um, is it really it's the ideal quarantine show because sure. it's just great character actors having fun with each other. Cozy friendships. I love it. I I truly I love to see it. Uh, it's okay, two so, old people starting a vibrator company called Menage à Moi. Oh, God bless. Oh, God bless Grace and Frankie. The Lord bless and keep Grace and Frankie. Uh, okay, I'm gonna hit the lap button. Yes. Uh, we're and the lap. Uh, we're getting to, we're getting into the cut. Okay. We're so, cutting uh, deep. The build up to the cut, uh, because indeed I believe the second cut will be the deepest. Yes. So. Uh, the, in the wake of Christopher Nolan's, like, big, huge Dark Knight trilogy, uh, which, his, which adopted His vascular, a, uncut Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Really, his, uh, really, I think, no, didn't Man of Steel come out before The Dark Knight Rises? No, they came out one no? year apart. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, so, so after, uh, Christopher Nolan released, released his big veiny Dark Knight trilogy, um, Warner Brothers saw the billions of dollars these movies were bringing in and said, okay, we need to continue this. Um, and there was for a while, some different versions and different projects that were tossed around. Uh, one of which was taking Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin character and and expanding that out with perhaps a new filmmaker and a new direction, because Nolan Nolan seemed done before he started writing Dark Knight Rises. He was he mm -hmm. was ready to move on to the next thing because he could he get people to really to, get on Inception. Yeah, he could get people to approve Inception. So now he's like, why am I doing more Batman when I can go do Interstellar? But he did more Batman anyway. Um, because and we spinning, have to set up Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Nightwing, I guess. I guess. Uh, so spinning out of this, the what becomes is um, a, a a little film about Superman, who is the obvious choice to, to go to after Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the second of DC's big three. And it would be a while before we got to the third, but the big three. Um, and and ad adopting a distinctly Zack, but a Nolan-ish tone in attempting to tell the story of Superman. Uh, Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, uh, and uh, a, 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 in the movie Man of Steel, which I saw in theaters and uh, hate it and have not seen since. <laughs> I, I was one and done with Man I watched with Man for the first time last week. How'd that feel? Um, bad? I do not think <laughs> that people lay enough blame on Nolan as they do Zach for this. Interesting. Um, because I do, th because the story structure is truly terrible. It's deeply bad. Um, it's the constant cutting to flashbacks 
wholly irrelevant to the theme of the previous scene, exactly. a la Memento, is just bad. Like, David Geffen is clearly a work-for-hire at Warner Brothers. He's brought on to doctor whatever script Warner Brothers is working on right now. So I can mm -hmm. only lay the Memento format on Nolan. That's interesting. Uh, you're right, because that is not a format Zack has adopted in any other no, script. No, no, Zack Zach is a classicist. He likes classic Renaissance imagery, super yes. cut people that he will make do absurd workouts to get to make their absurd overly buff bodies to and then join in on their workouts so that they can keep said absurdly muscular bodies. Yes. Like this uh, is the guy who wanted a buff commissioner Gordon. Indeed. Although indeed. it it can be said that J.K. Simmons is always buff no matter what movie he's in. But you're yes. right that he does seem particularly jacked around that point in time. Well, no, uh, but, okay. But Simmons keeps it tight. Yes. Well, All right, okay. let's... Zack Snyder casts his movies like he's following a Tom of Finland in, in illustration. He really like... casts it like Vince McMahon is his casting director. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, is, there is an implicit... I don't know. There's a weird queer element to Zack Snyder's filmography. Like, they're, like, because the introductory shot to um, Clark Kent using his strength is when he's lifting an oil derrick away from it, and it cuts on his, you know, upper arms and chest, lifting the oil derrick, and then pans down into his torso and cum gutters. Oh. Well, I mean, if you have cum gutters, you gotta put them in the... If you put gotta them the show them off, but... Absolutely. That is... Not necessary for the storytelling. Sure, um, that's and for Zach. That's that's just one for Zachy. Uh, and and what Once again, uh, we have to respect. However, yeah. However, uh, I just I I remember that movie being a living headache. I remember the trailers getting me very excited, and then just one of those movie going experiences where five minutes in, you you mumble to yourself like, oh no, like oh no, I this is. This tastes bad, and this is my next two and a half hours, um, and and yeah. that did not feel good. Uh, but you and I have uh, analogized that a good comparison for Zack Snyder is actually Frank Capra, like an avowed classical nationalist who makes patriotic films <laughs> and um, uh, 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 with like a very rudimentary shooting and cutting uh, style. Um, Could you for... actually elaborate on that? Because I think that's a really interesting point. Sure, I don't. I don't have a grand thesis, but uh, Frank Capra, director of uh, such films as *It's a Wonderful Life* and many literal pieces of U.S. military propaganda, like war bond cell propaganda, uh, in the actual use of that term, not just a thing with a message, just like literal propaganda, um, and. Zach across has this, and I, I don't really have anything to back this up, but it's an avowed like reverence and nationalism for our heroes and our heroes as troops and troops. <laughs> Superman is a troop. Batman is a, a rogue troop, and it's well, no, no, no. Bat, no, no, no. Batman is not a troop. 
He's an Eric Prince military contractor. Sure, I'm uh, sorry, but I uh, to to not uh, allay on it too much further. Um, there, there. Despite him never uttering such words as truth, justice, and the American way, um, it's a it's a very like nationalist idea uh, of, yes. of this interpretation. Cornfields, slow motion, children running and playing. Uh, it is only when the foreign invader shows up that that things uh, turn dicey. But I. Well, uh, yes. Segwaying on, um, Man of Steel is a financial success, but perhaps has like a divisive reception and and reaction. Um, Not the big hit they were looking for. Yes, they they wanted it to dominate uh, and kill, and uh, it it did well enough that they weren't going to give up on it. But it did not blow the doors down as they had wanted it to. Uh, Segway to. Uh, Beavis, a.k.a. Batman, Vooperman, Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> um, because we're naming movies like they're fucking JRPGs now. Yeah, it's absolutely... Yeah, Batman v. Superman, stroke, Echoes of an Elusive Age, <laughs> 2.8 Complete Edition. Um, Superman, colon, the, the Winding Path of Hope, colon... The uncut edition, point three. Superman Chronicles, Age of Batman. <laughs> and, and, yeah, exactly. You, you get it. You understand. Um, and so after the uh, lukewarm reception of the Superman film, I not an unnatural reaction to say, let's get Batman in here. Okay, like let's let people show up for Batman. Let's get Batman in here. And uh, so they bring in uh, what I will never not refer to as Batfleck. Uh, ben Affleck uh, gets jacked as hell. Uh, a big, a wide jacked. Well, you know, okay. he's... In, in, in all fairness, well, actually not all fairness, but I definitely did a little bit of reading into this. And Zack Snyder is stated, is quoted to saying he doesn't like a short Batman. Uh, sure. And he, do- <laughs> okay. he wanted a bulky, thick Batman who also drives Zack's car. <laughs> Just his exact, his exact yeah, car. Like his, his own, like, English, a classic English car. Back when an English manufactured car meant something. Sure. Um, right. And, and Batman do drive that. Uh, you get the introduction Batman of... Batman do uh, go vroom. Bat- Batman go ve- beep beep and vroom vroom. Uh, and uh, in this film, you also get the introduction of uh, Israeli <laughs> special forces, uh, IDF uh, zone. IDF mannequin, uh, Gal, Gal, Gadot Gal Gadot. From the, uh, from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, a, would you believe that Gal Gadot was a model before she was ever an actor? Uh, no. What do you mean this statuesque, impossibly beautiful uh, person was perhaps a model? Uh, this woman who reads uh, her, reads her dialogue like it's her fifth language? You know, d- it, you just have to write the right dialogue for her. Does that make sense? Like, if you give her a tremendous speech, she can actually do a pretty good job with it. If you give her an innate piece of human dialogue, it doesn't go. Uh, Kevin, that, that... I'm not sure if giving Gal Gadot a speech that says "good is peace" and 
Truth is tranquility. Let yourself be a hero of one. Is exactly a compliment to Gal Gadot's acting prowess. I was referring more to, like, I am Diana, princess of the Amazons, daughter of, like, daughter of Hippolyta. Like, that is exactly what she's suited to do. She's actually yeah, the female Gerard Butler. saying her name? <laughs> it's, listen, it's deceptively difficult to make that seem impressive and interesting, and I think she that's does a good true, job. That's true, that's true. I think she's legitimately very, very good in that first Wonder Woman movie. I think she's very, very good. Um, not a perfect film, but she Ooh, is but very good. I, I, I do stand that uh, nineteen that Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is a superior film. Bold, because it actually uh, I like seeing a hero fight with a lasso and a boomerang tiara. I mean, I do like that. I just wish there was more of that. Yeah. Like, I I, 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 I think they failed to, to capture that tone after the opening sequence. Yes. Um, but uh, we, we we love our troops. Uh, and um, We love our troop Wonder Woman. Yeah, we love our favorite troop. And, um, yeah, so anyway, personal feelings about this whole deal aside. Um, that movie comes out. Uh, and is, is, uh, everyone remembers the famous, uh, pissing contest between the giant media corporations of which you must choose an allegiance, uh, where, uh, Batman v Superman was set to open in late April, early May of 2016, uh, to which Marvel said, no, we're going to put Captain America Civil War there. Uh, and DC said, oh, okay, you know what? Actually, yeah, you are going to do that. We're going to go back to February. Uh, and, and, and they're going to hit first, um, this movie has since uh, developed a rabid fan base, but the initial reaction was poo-poo doo-doo. <laughs> was, was no good. Uh, and, I believe it was a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes when it uh, in the early weeks. Indeed. And I don't hang my hat on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, it can be indicative of whether or not like a, a movie is at least divisive uh, it's a decent and, uh, uh, wind it's a decent uh means of knowing where the wind is blowing indeed uh and the wind was in fact blowing uh some poo poo doo doo in your direction um and <laughs> it is what it is uh and you know i am not here to argue the merits of that film because i will be honest with you i've not seen it all the way through uh i did not care to I, so, I tried so i watched I the ultimate cut over the weekend Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, Batman vs Superman with thirty extra minutes just for you? I just couldn't get enough the first time. Uh, thir- three hours of it. Um, Cheapers. And there's and already there was a full hour of the film that everyone just memory hold, which was <laughs> the Lois Lane subplot where military contractors used special metal only you only developed by Lex Luthor to fake Superman killing African civil war fighters. You can't prove that. That's not in that movie. <laughs> it's in it. That. And then um and then a democratic senator from Kentucky from Kentucky. Like that's fucking happening and famous this famous blue state in, Kentucky. In yeah. Uh, has to drink Jesse Eisenberg's piss. Um, and then the fight happens, and then Doomsday shows up, and then right. the movie stops. It doesn't end, it just stops. Uh-huh. 
it's it's Zach's pulling from 1970s cinema there, where he's like, where movies just kind of end, <laughs> where there's no there's no grand finale. They just sort of like, okay, plot's done. See ya. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no denouement. It just stops no, happening. <laughs> no. It's a generally not the worst film of the 2010s, but certainly the biggest missed shot. Uh-huh. Should have been an A+. Yes. Should have been a billion-dollar enterprise. Uh, again, does not do that. And uh, I'm not... I'm not... You'll never find me taking the side of studio executives at giant media corporations. Uh, sometimes they know what they're doing, but generally you should always side with the artist. Yes. Um, and uh, so uh, the performance and perception of that film uh, makes them rethink the the course that they were taking because at this time... Uh, Zach was already shooting a w- w- the first of two back-to-back Justice League movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 was in progress, and they're like, we need to rework this tone. We need to redo that. Like, we, we need to reconceptualize this thing midstream. They were doing yeah. the Bugs Bunny thing where they were laying down the train tracks as the train was moving right along. Uh, and then they were they like... They were shooting a dead man's chest and at world's end. Right, just like a back-to-back. Like, if, if Fellowship of the Ring had come out and they said, Peter, square one <laughs> on, on, on the next two. We gotta rework this tone, but it was off-putting. Uh, <laughs> is, is essentially what, what happened here. Um... So that happens, and yes. um, it, and it, it, they essentially complete production. So, like, they shoot that movie. This is the first one point five times they shoot the movie Justice League. Um, then there's a horrible tragedy. Uh, Zack Zach, Snyder's daughter tragically kills herself. It, exactly, and and Zack, for completely understandable reasons, pulls from the project. And no matter what I think about like the guy's movies, I have no ill will toward the guy personally it yeah. seems from what i've read that like all of his actors like working with him like it, it, he seems to be a respected and well-liked person by his collaborators yeah, that's the craziest thing is that all I, I do think a lot of the hate for zach um snyder is kind of exaggerated oh 100%. for his implied politics that he has never really stated or fleshed out outside exactly. of his film He's been built up into a boogeyman. Like he's yes. been built he's been built up to this thing and it's this thing that happens where we start getting mad at our shared idea of a person, not the person themselves. Absolutely. Uh, what I refer to as an Anne Hathaway scenario. Um I don't but, know Anne Hathaway had a huge hate following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People for a while we decided we didn't like her, that she was too earnest. Uh, and I uh, poo-pooed all that. Anne Hathaway's Fuck great. you. Ever After is a goddamn delight. She's a goddamn delight. Ever After. Ella Enchanted? Was that it? Yeah. No, you got it. Okay. She's a charismatic fucking movie star. Everyone needs to fucking She's fucking great. Shut the fuck up, everybody. Shut the fuck up, everybody. She's excellent in Ocean's 8, a movie that is fine. But she's great. Uh, she is on. the one good part of Witches. Indeed. Oh, she's the only thing. As soon as, like, the rats happened, I was like, I'm out of this movie. But up until then, I was like, yes, Anne, please serve me whatever you're serving up here. Um, as, you stopped, as you stopped trying to vore the rats, okay, then I'm moving on. Moving on. Out of here. See ya. Um, 
And uh, uh, anyway, she's not in these fucking movies. Why are we talking no, about No, she's not. God bless her. She's above this. Um, yeah, uh, she was in a different set of Batman movies. Um, <laughs> she She's in another thankless role in a Batman movie. Exactly. Uh, uh, where Christopher Nolan understands that Catwoman is supposed to be sexy, but does not understand... <laughs> Why? Uh, Why is she sexy? <laughs> it's very funny to watch him try. Um, anyway. No, oh, no, but, no, no, no. But what if this bird just uh, wanted a hard drive from you? <laughs> and that's all she wanted. God bless Christopher Nolan, the least uh, sexual director, perhaps of all time. <laughs> the most flaccid man in England. <laughs> and that's saying something. That is um, absolutely saying something about England. That's really saying something. Uh, but uh, we digress. The we um, so, so Zach pulls out. Um, and the understanding at the time is that Zach approved uh, actual Cretan <laughs> Joss Whedon to to take over the Fedora project. To, uh, Fedora invested Goblin Joss Whedon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, he steps in. Uh, he rewrites and redirects enough of the movie to earn those credits, which means at least like 40% yes. uh, of that movie. Uh, and people, you like to play a game uh, when you watch Justice League and you're like, okay, this is a Zach, this is a Joss. And you can kind of ping pong that back and forth. Um, they shoot that movie, so now I will say this is a full two times <laughs> that they've shot, uh, Justice League. Um, and that movie comes out and has a nothing of a reception. Uh, I'm sure it made quite a bit of money because all these movies secretly make, like, $800 million worldwide. I but... think, I do think it was one of those, like, weird produce, like, I do think the bulk of the Hollywood, especially after 2001 was let's just run the producer's grift all the time. <laughs> no like, one will ask us where all the money went. absurdly expensive movies that somehow, due to, fi due to financialization, and especially once Obama took over, comically low interest rates. Yeah, once we start we doing what is... Uh... whatever we want and call everything a loss. Exactly. The classic Hollywood accounting where, uh, according to Hollywood's books, Men in Black has yet to turn a profit, which is the most, like, preposterous idea. Uh, the but Simpsons that's... has been on for 30 years, and the original writers, like Mark Reese, have failed to make a profit from it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, because of uh, what we, uh, again, creative accounting, uh, which I will just call criminal. Uh, it's a crime. What they're doing, it's, it's a crime. Uh, but anyway, I'm not here to sling shit, uh, but Justice League sucks. It's bad. Um, I the saw part, it I, I in... I would argue the worst of the trilogy. In I... part because of Joss's involvement. Oh, Christ. Because it, it's like, you know, the the Reese's Peanut Butter commercial where it's like, you got my chocolate and my peanut butter, two great tastes that taste great together. These are two bad tastes that taste even worse together. <laughs> it's just, it's no good. I did see it in the theater because I got a free ticket. I used to work at a comic book store that was next door to a movie theater. And three times people came in and were like, I'm not going to use this ticket. Does somebody else want it? And it was like right after I got off work and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go see whatever. Fuck it. I'll go see it. Um, and that was, like, right around the time I went to St. Louis to film Pet Turtles, too. It was, like, that was all, like, Yeah, no, that, that's when I first met up with you to talk about Justice League, is 
under the church that we were shooting pet turtles in. Yeah, and it was it was uh, absolutely rancid. There is one good scene in the entire movie, um, and I'll be very curious to see how much of that scene remains or has changed um, between the version that I saw and the as, version that is about to come out. As far as I know, of the four hours that the current film is in, only thir- only thirty minutes of the original cut remains. Interesting. Very interesting, and I'm sure it's been like recolored. <laughs> it's uh, oh, re- yeah, no, all the colors and... been sucked out. It's been yeah, absolutely. Zach, Zach hates deep Col- darks and saturated color. He, he hates likes, it. He likes a muted, even color palette. He um, wants and... the sun to be a fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> exactly, and you watch. 300 and you're like oh this is kind of like a bold interesting stylistic choice and then you watch his other movies and you're like oh no this is just yeah what he no wants he's movies to look 300 like. not 300 um fuck what's it the Zotir passion project sucker punch the way he shoots the sun is the exact same way as just this broad flat disgusting white Yes, like a hospital light color. He 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 wants the sun to be covered by clouds, and he wants the outlines of the clouds to be the exact same even yellow hue across the entire sky, and he wants every cloud to be equally dark in all spaces. Yes. Um, it, it's a it's an aesthetic I hate. I really don't like looking at it. I think it's just ugly um yes. and uh all of his movies uh to quote uh, my friend justin germeroth uh have been color corrected to the color of gun <laughs> they are gun colored it um, is well it, also it's not an aesthetic that is ugly in an interesting way sure like john waters <laughs> right? yeah, oh yeah no, john waters takishi Mike. like there are tons of auteurs out there who relish in the disgusting and the grotesque. Um, Wood Kaufman. Sure. Oh, yes. James Gunn. James Gunn, Missourian hero. That's uh, where he starts out in his first two movies, you could argue, uh, that yes. he directs. Uh, have that Have that a sec. But, okay, we're, we, it's time to get into the real meat here. Yes. Um, as the we Because we, we need to wrap this up. Um, so, uh, the movie comes out. It's a big disappointment. Uh, over the course of the next year... This slow idea gets introduced into the fandom culture that there is this full version, a cut, if you will, of Zack Snyder's Justice League that is just like sitting on a hard drive and WB is criminally keeping it from us. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes like this and and, and uh, Zack does a lot to perpetuate this and says, yes, there is a full cut. Um, I am in the Dan Olson camp, uh, folding ideas on YouTube that like when they say a cut exists, it's not a finished movie with finished effects. It was all the shots put in sequence, but missing most of the effects, the music, etc. Yeah, um, it was the collected dailies. Right. It was a, an assembly cut, as it were, which is this thing where you lay basically like every take in, <laughs> in in Adobe and say, oh, Black Panther's four hours long. But it's like, no, it was never going to be four fucking hours long. You don't accidentally shoot a four hour movie. That's people don't know how movies are made. Jesus. Unless your name fuck. is Doug Walker. Unless your name is Doug Walker. Um, so 
the the cuts are laid, and uh, anyway, so this this idea congeals for about a year until you finally get to the point where it's like the they finally find the catchy hashtag release the Snyder cut. A simple command, easy to understand, has like it's it's a it's a perfect little synthesis that everyone can suddenly rally behind, mm-hmm. and thus unfolds three years of uh angry online spaces uh uh buying out like air flights and, and sky riders and advertisements all over comic-con like the 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 fans quote unquote mm-hmm. uh start this huge groundswell campaign that they never shut up about of release the Snyder cut um and along the way this spirals and it goes and and warner media keeps trying to make the dc franchise thing happen so like mm-hmm. wonder woman had come out and had been a success but it's it's a long time before they get that sequel going um so they find the other thing that they they went all in on the one zach thing and then that doesn't work they try and make like the flash movie the cyborg movie none of this really goes none of this really happens yeah, uh somehow they, they... aquaman so Aqu- fucking Aquaman hits. Hits. Billion dollar movie. Absolutely buck wild. Um, uh, mostly because... Zack Snyder helped produce and helped James Wan do the movie he wanted to do. Right. And it hits big internationally. Where, like, the, the domestic gross of Aquaman is actually less than, like, basically any other of of the contemporary superhero blockbusters but internationally it's gigantic it's the mm-hmm. opposite of black panther where black panther is the biggest domestic like american audience movie and doesn't hit as big internationally mm-hmm. but america just everyone fucking went inside uh weird when you make a movie that appeals to black people black people go see movies and and it and it hits but we must move away yes. um so this congeal, you know, they try and go all in on Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, and I quite like Birds of Prey. I think it's a good movie, but it yes. it's not a cross cultural hit. It's an R rated no. campy comedy action yeah. movie. Um, it's a niche film, but I'm the niche. What can I say? Um, and and none of it really goes. And eventually, the the Snyder Cut thing becomes such that they're like, all right, Zach, we're we're trying to launch a streaming service here. Uh, the third one with HBO in the name. Here's well, a bunch of money. Go shoot the movie. I don't think we can talk about the Snyder Cut without really talking about the merger between AT&T and Time Warner. The two, like, two of the biggest um, cable companies in America. One of which also has strong connections to one of the biggest movie studios in America. Absolutely. Which them finally merging and time warner bringing the warner brothers film library which also includes mainstays that we stand here like the criterion collection into at&t's wheelhouse and at&t wants to launch their own streaming service to compete with disney with netflix and uh with comcast's flaccid peacock program Indeed, uh, um, though though uh, Peacock is making a big move by trying to like own the concept of wrestling, you know, like they're they're making some moves. But we have 
uh, four minutes to finish we do. this. We do. So uh, you're right. So they make that big move. Uh, the one of their big HBO Max originals is giving Zach the the money to go make uh, this movie. And regardless of what I think about the movie, it is kind of interesting and bold that this is happening. That like this yeah. this artist is is getting to put quote unquote their full vision up on the screen a four hour justice league movie that will end in a cliffhanger Uh, the last four hour movie to be in american theaters was kenneth branagh's full adaptation of hamlet yeah just did the whole hamlet (laughs) just did he went he went whole ham he went ham as they say um and uh yes which is absolutely buck wild uh again the the cast and crew seem to be fully on board for it um and uh, not to like sweep this under the rug near the end but like the ray fisher situation uh where he has been repeatedly calling out the executives at warner brothers and and uh, jeff johns and joss whedon in particular for like a horrible racist abusive behavior um, which I'll back up Ray Fisher, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah. he well, props to Ray Fisher. He is the best fucking actor in the Whedon cut. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm genuinely Absolutely. glad he's highlighting the weird, like not, not weird is the wrong word, but the explicit racism that liberal, that self progressed liberals like Joss Whedon and probably Jeff Johns would attest to. Absolutely. Um, like, I, right. I, I, like, get out liberals. His his accountability over everything policy is really, like, he's, he's doing tremendous work. What he's doing yes. is fucking important, and mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't kill his career. But I am truly, like, in awe of, of what he's trying to, trying oh, to do absolutely. here. Um, and not only that, you're right, he's the best performance in the original cut. He's very good. Um, mm-hmm. in a movie of almost universally bad performances. Yeah. His is very good. Um, the guy has to sell who is unfortunately a at best C, maybe low B tier character in the DC canon. Absolutely. Who's only popular for a show, a cartoon in the early 2000s. A Teen Titans cartoon show, but they've tried to elevate him to the Justice League thing and it's just like doesn't really take not connecting but, it's not hitting the way that you know john stewart from the from green lanterns does i don't know why but it just doesn't hit but god bless him he is bringing 100 percent to playing this character that he's clearly hates playing like at least the <laughs> joss whedon version of right uh and so here in the last 90 seconds of of what we're recording here um anyway we're on the eve of this thing coming out hopefully this is a nice history and a little bit of cultural context uh will this open up a bad door to uh entitled fans not accepting bad movies and demanding that bad movies be remade um or will or or will that not (laughs) happen uh will the movie be any good who knows it'll probably be better than what we got if only because it is now one thing as opposed to eight things or considering that the dark traveling we're in will bad directors insist on making the fully bad versions of the movies they weren't allowed to make 
hmm, will this happen for other non-white male directors who get projects taken away from them? Or won't it? Will we suffer through release the air cut? Will we suffer through reinstate the Snyderverse, his five-film plan? Who can say? Uh, But we will soon know, at least, if the Snyder cut's any good. See you so next Kevin, month. <laughs> Kevin, I yes. believe you have. Uh, so we, we've cut, I assume. But uh, I would like to get this on yes. the tape. Kevin, you have a graphic <laughs> yes, that you I have been have deeply enamored with over oh, the I love past the graphic. year or so. Could it's you. Very... Fun to send that to you specifically, but also anyone at any time. <laughs> so, uh, Ke- Kevin, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Uh, could you uh-huh. break down what exactly this uh, graphic is? Sure. Sans context, it is the bat symbol, and falling out of the bat symbol are sperms, and they are landing on a baby. And I'm told <laughs> that this is part of a graphic that Zack Snyder approved and sells on merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> is part of his five-year plan for the now, 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 Kevin, Kevin, what do you speculate that means in the Snyder Cut? Because <laughs> I, I think we need to leave... <laughs> we, we can't get out of this without some kind of speculation, some kind of Snyder Cut bingo, something. <laughs> what do you think at minimum, bats, Batman comes into a baby means. <laughs> I think it. I think it does exactly what it says on the tin. I think. I think Batman is gonna sperm on a baby. So, so the question is, Kevin. No. Who, who is the baby that Batman jizzes on? That is, of course, baby Kal-El being, <laughs> being shipped off of Krypton as it's about to collapse. Of so, course. so are you telling me that yes. Batman is going to bust a nut on the mother box? <laughs> That's exactly on right. What is, on Superman's thoroughly cold corpse. He's going to... To he's bring gonna... that... that is, is the sea... Is, bat, is Bruce Wayne's wet seed going to activate the mother box to bring Superman back to life? I think it's exactly... I think he's going to turn the mother box into a father box. (laughs) He's going to use the mother box as an own-a-hole. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He's going to use the mother box as a fleshlight. He's going to uh, say uh, mother box as often as Steppenwolf did in the Whedon cut. Just... (laughs) Oh, mother... I love I love grasping your box, mother. Okay, Justin, I really, I really gotta go. Okay, I I I am cutting the uh, Kevin Germeroth cut here. Uh-huh.